When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name is David Edgar, I'm your host as always. And joining me this week from the bowels of Derbyshire is Mr James Tess Tessier. Good afternoon Tess, good evening Tess, good morning Tess, depending on where people are listening to the show. How are we today? I'm very well, thanks mate. It's uh, It seems like ages since we've last properly spoke. It's always... Uh, Always nice to cut up with you. Always nice to do one of these shows. So yeah, I'm in. Uh, I'm, I'm in a very good mood today, actually. Yeah. And Rangers, of course, returned to act. Thank God after the international break finally came to a conclusion. Tess, uh, you're obviously not Scottish, uh, much as you 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 love the teddy bears. So I was wondering, as as proud Englishman, is your view of international fortnight? the same as maybe a lot of Rangers fans. I'm not saying all Rangers fans, I'm not generalising, but for a lot of us who I'm not actively against the national team, of course, but it just I, I just don't really find myself caught up in international football. That's all it is. It's just I don't live or die by it. Whereas it, it seems as an outsider looking down t- towards England that there's a wee bit more uh, traditional sort of, they're still as into it as they, they once were. Um, obviously down here in international football is a lot bigger when, you know, no, no disrespect. That's because the England team are a lot better than the Scottish national team. Yes. We are more likely to reach the latter stages of major tournaments. So they really or, or, or reach major tournaments. Yes, or even qualify, mate. Yes. yes. There, there is more interest. That, that's just, just the way it is. Um, me personally, I don't, I mean, I love, love tournament football. World Cup, European Championship, I will watch as, as much of it as I can, every single game, I absolutely love it. it it's it's the best of the best, squaring off against each other. And, I, mate, I, I, I love it. I, I live for me, European tournament football. The sun's shining, get you sent down the boozer. It's quality, mate. But everything that isn't tournament football, I'd, mm. mate, if they were playing in my back garden, I'd close the curtains, you know what I mean? I'm just not yeah. interested. Yeah, just, um, it's lot- hard to work up the, the energy for, oh, Scotland take on the Faroe Islands, and you're like, wow, that'll be a thing. Um, yeah, especially when there's no Rangers players playing in it. It's when, when, like you say, when there's a Rangers player playing in it or, you know, somebody to whom I've got a connection through whatever, then there's a little bit of interest. But other than that, I mean, Mm. I think part of it with me personally is apathy towards English football, because I think that um, the way that money's taken over the game down here, um, you know, the way that um, people see football as more of a TV show than something you actually attend and participate in now. You know, there, there are a lot of things that have really turned me off English football. 
um, and the English national team is is as simple with that and an Ottawa as well. So it, it, it's a tournament. I'll back them when they go out. I don't lose any sleep over it anymore. When I was a kid, it used to ruin me. I remember yeah. being in tears for days after a Tally ninety and Euro ninety six as well. Actually, I was thirteen then. That's how much it used to bother me. Now I, I don't care. Obviously, if I got to pick a team to support, it would be England. But you know, I I I feel a real disconnected England team. I know a lot a lot, a lot of people. Um, my age and, and above feel the same, you know, so-called the last of the old school football fans, if you want to call it that, you know. Mm. Um, so it's, the, the whole thing for me is a complete drag. And then when you've got them playing three games in six days, you know, or, I mean, apart from in Scotland where we won the you know, we won the league a month ago. Can you believe that? A month ago, we won the league. Um, or the, every league around Europe that come to the business end. So they didn't really want their players away. I mean, some of them games are friendlies they played as well. You know, a lot of teams have two qualifiers and a friendly. So, you know, a lot of these major players across Europe playing these pointless matches when the when the leagues and the European trophies are coming to a head. It's just... It's... I mean, you know, to cut a long story short... I don't like international football, yeah. and I was glad to get the Rangers back. But it's just—I I, just—I just think it's pointless and it's too much of it, mate. To, to be brutally honest. No, I don't, like I say, I mean, I don't, I'm not—I know that that you you get Rangers fans who are committed, Scotland fans. I know you get Rangers fans who are very much the opposite. I just there, there's no point for me because it doesn't. You mentioned there it doesn't keep you awake at night. It's exactly that for me, what your Rangers games do. And that that's all it is. So I was delighted that we were back. But back with a fixture that can be one of those no-win fixtures because you're taking on Cove Rangers at home and you are going to win, barring a, a once in, I was going to say once in a generation shock, but it, that that would have been as big a shock as it has ever been in football. So the chances are you're going to win. But I thought that Rangers uh, named probably a, a slightly stronger team than I anticipated. The manager spoke afterwards and said that Jack Simpson uh, would have started and uh, Bongani Zungu would have started, but both picked up knocks in training through the week. So that's why they didn't. But even so... Um, we were able to give a date, well, a start, a first start to Scott Wright, who's been very impressive. We were able to bring back Jermaine Defoe. And I think the thing about it, Tess, for me was the first half when Rangers got the job done. I loved the attitude because it was, they were just all over Cove. And, and I don't think Cove had a shot and goal the full 90 minutes. And it was kind of played the way you would expect it to be played, which is. Rangers are much better than Cove Rangers and demonstrated it and I I really liked it because it, it is easy to, to turn up for these games in half arse and, and win 2-0 but they never looked like that and yes I know they didn't add to the four in the second half but it wasn't through lack of trying It was absolute business yesterday mate and that's um, the, the, the way we went about our business, the way yeah, the players took the task um, obviously the strength of the side that Gerard put out that, that was a real marker that we're taking this seriously uh, What one of my criticisms a while back well a couple of weeks back had been we'd not really turned up since we won the league and that's the two games against Slavia Prague obviously they had their own um, side issues uh, and there was the game at Parkhead as well and you know, I thought all, all three of those games we could have won if we'd have turned up, in my opinion. That's been very simplistic and maybe disrespectful to the opposition, but soon as who the opposition is, I don't think anyone's really that bothered. Um, if, we, if we'd have turned up, we'd have got something more from those games. So I was worried that 
bit like the Walter teams back in the 90s would win the league and then go to sleep. Now, yesterday showed that that really isn't the case. Um, the strength of the side that Gerard put out, I was expecting to see Simpson and Zunga in there, obviously. They were injured to another featured. I was expecting to see the likes of a, a Leon King in there, maybe a couple of academy prospects. And I still think if we'd have done that, we'd have had enough to get, the, get it over the line and get the job done. But Do you think that... perhaps slightly bumped by St Mirren, who are a totally different level, incidentally, Cove Rangers, with no disrespect to Cove Rangers, but St Mirren are a good side. You know, they, they'll probably finish seventh in the SPFL this season. But it was something that I think a lot of us felt. that, And the manager sort of admitted to it afterwards that he maybe over-rotated that night. Yeah, that, that we, we should be, without being arrogant... You know, and if, if we just base this purely on our performances domestically this season, we should be sat here talking about a treble now. We should already have the League Cup in the bag to go with the with the championship that we won last month. Yeah, we, we are sitting here recording on April. We are sitting here recording on April the fifth. Rangers have been the champions for a month, and we don't get we don't even get the trophy for another got over a month, six weeks. That's how early we won the league. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and and look and looking at that, I could say, mate, we should be sat here talking about going through trouble. So I think that it's understandable if he would have felt a bit burnt by that. Although um, a night match away at St Mirren is a wee bit different to Cove Rangers at Ibrox, but again, we weren't we weren't taking them lightly. Um, if he'd have played a couple of the kids, we, I, I, I think that our B team, as they're called now, would have had enough to that the players that would have been selected would have had enough to get over the line, but. The strength of the team he put out was superb. I mean, Jermaine, Jermaine Defoe up front, he's our reserve striker and look who it is. You know what I mean? The, yeah. the strength and depth that we've got now, it's, I won't say it's frightening, but when you compare it to years gone by and you realise that all along they've been planning for this, it, it just makes the coaching and the management staff and the likes of Ross Wilson just look so much better because, you know, where we've got now, it, it's, it isn't through accident, it's purely by design. Um, obviously, Goldston start. Goldson started and played the entire game yesterday, as you'd expect. Helen, I, 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 was, I, was, I don't I think he allows himself. To, I don't think he allows himself to be. I think if he's fit and you know, obviously he's playing well enough, I think he demands to play games, and and that's not a bad thing, mate. That's exactly right. Um, if especially what you look at what he's come through in his career before, I think every minute he's on the pitch, he doesn't take it for granted. He loves it. So plus, he's, he's got he's got the physicality. Um, and the reading of the game is such that it doesn't matter how long he plays, he's still going to get exactly the exactly the same kind of performance. I mean, when he is tiring, his reading of the game's improving. And if he isn't tired, then, like I say, he's, he's got the physical prowess and athleticism to pretty much stroll every game. Um, like I say, I, would, I wouldn't have been surprised and would have been pleased to have seen someone like a Leon King next to um, Goldson. But with Haaland there and there, you know we ain't conceding. Uh, McLaughlin got a start, which was which I thought would, would happen and was good to see. It'll be interesting to see what he does for the old firm, though, because if he's going to say to McLaughlin, right, you're my cup keeper, no, he's he, got he, to play him he, against Celtic, but he, he I won't, think he hasn't... McGregor, yeah, aren't you? Yeah, he hasn't yeah. said that to him. Uh, and there's no... And I know some managers do do this, that there is that commitment of you're the cup goalkeeper. And we see it sometimes where you think, oh, it's a really big game, I suppose, then the number one goalie will come in and they don't. And they say, no, no, I committed to him. But uh, that that's never been the case. It, it'll be a full-strength team. I, th- I think we had it ourselves with Alexander um, in that 07-08 season, didn't we? 
I think you might be right there. I, I, I need to go back and check the team. But uh, look, it's an interesting, um, it, it, it's an interesting thing, and you can do it against Cove. But you know, Celtic at home, which we'll come to later, that you always have the the option to do it. So strong team, and I thought in the first half played some terrific stuff. You know, really good. And a couple of players I want to highlight. Uh, first of all, Nathan Patterson. Tess, I'm incredibly excited by this kid because you look for holes in in a young player's game. I can't really see many at the moment. Now, there's areas he can get better in, absolutely, right? And of course, and it'll come with experience. Know-how is the key one, because experience only comes through experience. Um, but he really does seem to have every tool to be a terrific modern fullback. And his performances, when we've seen him this season, have been absolutely superb. Of course, one of the issues is that the guy in front of him is first name on the team sheets. I mean, he's a skipper, but he's you know one of you know in the running for player of the year. So there is the question about opportunity. But he's a very young man, and long term, then my goodness, I think Patterson is the best outfield player we've produced since Barry Ferguson. Um, the best player we've produced since Alan McGregor, who he now shares a pitch with, strangely enough. But he maybe. Hutton, the thing with Hutton is Hutton had half a good season for me and that got him that £9 million move. Not to say that he was poor before, but it took him a while to settle in. It took a while to develop. And then when he did, don't get me wrong, he, he was he looked really, really, really good. And eventually he got his move. Was it really what Spurs he went? It was their Spurs he went to. Well, yeah, yeah. And, and, and like I said, I think it might be a bit harsh on Hutton, but I think it was the basis of the the half a season up to when he got his move that he got his move because before we'd not been reaching those levels. Ever since Nathan Patterson has come into the team, that's been where he's been at. He's, he's not looked out of place once. He's, he's come in and he's hit the ground running. Um, like, as you rightly say, the player before him is, is the first name on the team sheet week in, week out. He's, he's the captain and a very good shout for player of the year this season. Him or, him or Goldson for me, but that's, that's for a different day. Um, so Patterson's been, I won't even say he's been a look in that regard but he's had to wait and he's had to take his chance whenever it's come and I don't think any of us would have expected it to have come like this because Tav never gets injured um, when he does it's never for a very long period of time but Patterson came in um, obviously all, all the other foolishness that's been going on around him if we put that to one side for a moment even though no doubt it will have will have affected him mentally in some ways he's come in He's took his chance and, you know, I've, I've said this before, but for me, every single other team in Scotland, including um, the other half of the old firm, Patterson walks straight into their starting eleven as, as their right back because he's been that good. Um, obviously, I want Scotland to get horsed in every game at the Euros, particularly at Wembley. But uh, for me, Patterson also, he walks into that Scotland team as well, mate, because he's... He's, he's been to Parkhead with Rangers and he's done it. He's been away in Europe with Rangers and he's done it. So he's played on the big stage already and he's been out there and he's done the business, mate. The Euros ain't going to phase the kid. No, you know, every, every he's day far be- better than Stephen O'Donnell. Who seems he to is, be he is mate. Back. He's so much better. He's so much better. He's, 
just everything about his all-round game is showing a maturity. And again, that might sound a bit daft considering what happened off the pitch, but he's showing a maturity on the pitch that it completely belies his years. His, his, his technical ability is superb. His reading of the game is superb. As you'd expect from a young man trained by this Rangers administration, his athleticism is superb. And I'm just really, like I say, for me personally, he's the best outfield player that we've produced since Barry Ferguson. It's a big shout, but he certainly has the potential to do it, and I'm really, really excited. Every time I watch him, I see something else that I go, oh, I didn't know he had that in the locker. And the anticipation for the goal, and then, you know, the finish, was just top draw. And yeah, we you know caveat everything by the fact that it's Cove Rangers, but you know, Cove Rangers are a reasonable side, let's not, let's not forget, they're not amateurs. Um, and Rangers, you know, put them away. The other player who really caught the eye, as he has done since he arrived, is Scott Wright. Now, in the press conference afterwards, the manager uh, praised him but tempered it by saying, you can still see the areas he's got to improve in. He says his decision-making has got to improve and also his shooting, when he does it and how he does it. It's, but overall, there's plenty for us to work on with him. So I think that that was quite an interesting insight, Tess. But he, every time I see him again, um, very similar to Nathan Parson, I think, oh my, there's a lot more there than maybe I think we realised when he was at Aberdeen, but then you remember the way Aberdeen played where the boy had a, a crick in his neck from watching the ball as it was spending most of the 90 minutes above his head. He's another one who's come in and he's not looked out of place whenever he's taken the field for Rangers. I think um, he's showed him flashes enough for us to get very excited about him. And I think when he came on at Parkhead a couple of weeks ago, um, certainly in, in the closing stages of that match to me they looked like there was only going to be one winner and that was because in no small part the influence that Scott Wright had when he came on mate I'm, I'm very excited to see more of him I think um, when we were rumoured to be signing him when we did sign him I wasn't particularly enthusiastic because my my thoughts were if we're buying players they need to be good enough to walk straight into the starting eleven because we've been doing so good and I don't really, you don't really want to upset the harmony and come with four to have any more squad players uh, knocking about. I think that um, obviously my, my thoughts of that have been completely blown out of the water, and I'm I'm always glad when that happens. I'm always happy to be proved wrong with with stuff like this. You know, I'm not I'm not I'm not so proud that I, I won't admit when I was wrong. Um, I think probably we've brought him in more with an eye on looking at next season, considering that we may lose players in those attacking roles, depending on how the summer goes. I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if we did, because you look at our most settable assets, and they, they include the likes of um, Kent and Hadji and Marks. I wouldn't be wanting to punt them. If we did and could bring in a pretty penny for them, then the, the replacement's already there. Um, he's a championship winner already, because as, as we keep saying, we won the title last month. Last so, so he's already he's already got that under his belt. And every time he's come on the pitch, he's he's looked like he wants to do something. And it's not just the case where he gets his head down and runs as much as that terrifies defenders. If there's no end product, what's the point? Every time he gets a ball and he gets on it, he looks dangerous because he's making things happen. He is going to take on his man. He has got a turn of pace. He has got an eye for a pass. You know, I'm I'm, I'm interested to see what he's like as a goal threat himself. You know, because he's, he's not scored for as yet. He's like I say, he, he, he can pick his players up, but I'm interested to see can he cut in and have a go? Because some of Kenton, um, some of Kenton Addy's goals for this season have been vital. 
Yeah. You mean that Oluk had his winner against Hibbs on on Boxing Day, vital, and that that was pretty much all they did all day. But has, has Scott Wright got the capacity to do that? So I'm I'm very excited to see more from him, and you know that thing, especially we've well we've got we got him on a pre-contract. We played Aberdeen a nominal fee, which I think was wrapped up with the Ross McCrory deal anyway. But mate, we've 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 got him for a steal, and he's another one who, if he continues his form, I'd say even if he continues his form for the rest of this season, he's another one who couldn't have half an hour in the Euros thinking, you know, maybe I might just be I might just be able to play my way into Steve Clark's thinking here. Yeah, no, just. I like boys who arrive at Rangers and aren't overawed and actually thrive on the challenge. And he looks like one of those guys because you'll get eaten if you are overawed. And some people, some players do get over it and, and adjust. But the ones who arrive straight away, it's not arrogance. It's just that that confidence to say, no, no, I am good enough to be here and I'm going to work hard and, and prove it. But I belong here. I think you've got to have that, uh, or at least be able to find that if you want to be a success at Ibrox. Yeah, there's, um, I mean, I, I was thinking earlier on about Ovi Ajari. I was listening to Radio Derby's commentary of Reading versus Derby. Um, and Ovi Ajari is in the process of tearing Derby in your arsehole. Now, when he was at Rangers, he, he couldn't kick his own arsehole. Do you know what I mean? Um, he's a very he's a good player, but he just didn't have the mentality to be at a team like Rangers. He goes somewhere else and he's thriving. Um, there are a lot of people who've been at Rangers over the years and the shirt's been too big for them. And that's no disrespect to them. That's not pouring aspersions on their passing aspersions on their character. It's just a fact. You know, at Rangers, that the pressures are completely different. We, we as a fan base, have got demands. We've got standards that we need to be met, um, and a lot of people can't do that. So when the likes of a, I mean, Pat Patterson knows what it's all about. He, he's come for the youth team as a Rangers fan as a boy. He, you know, he knows exactly what it's about. But when an outsider comes in, like, like say Scott Wright in this case, you've got to have the attitude of I'm. I'm here i deserve to be here and i'm going to show you why i'm good enough to be here you've got to have that in your personality otherwise you will go under it's a little bit different this season because the fans aren't in people still moan on social media and the players do see that so you know i I don't think that the influence of the fans good or bad has gone away altogether no i agree but like you say, you've got to have that within you. And everything that we've seen so far from Scott Wright, he's got that. And like I say, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very excited about his, his future career with Rangers. And and I, I, I firmly believe, especially if he gets a few more starts of Rangers this season, I firmly believe that if he keeps showing the form that he is, then he's given Steve Clark a decision to make about that squad for the Euros. Speaking of decisions, Jermaine Defoe spoke afterwards about feeling good, feeling fit and wanting to stay on. Uh, Rangers, the manager, uh, had a, a bit of a joke with Premier Sports about it afterwards where he says uh, he just needs to concentrate on his football. Uh, if he wants to talk to me about contracts, we have the same agent, which I thought was was quite funny. But uh, yeah, Jermaine Defoe obviously wants to, to stay for another year. He is out of contract test now. One of the things that I've noticed, there seems to be a myth about how much Jermaine Defoe gets paid. Um, and I don't really know where it comes from. And, and some people have, I mean, actually somebody told me, oh, he gets paid over 40 grand a week. He, it's nearly a quarter of that. It's not, you know, the, the, he's not on Premier League money. So it's not a, a huge investment from Rangers. I don't know where that, that one's come from. Maybe it was just an assumption. Um would you keep him another year or is it a case of saying, thanks, Jermaine, we've really enjoyed it. But uh, one thing he keeps saying is he wants to play, which I understand. 
he's not going to be a regular at Rangers. Yeah, useful, absolutely, but he would need to content himself to you maybe get, you know, maybe 15 to 20 appearances. Mate, I'd absolutely keep him and I wouldn't just keep him for another year. I'd keep him until he can't do it anymore or until we've got somebody better coming along, which at the moment we haven't. Um, I'd love to see him be given uh, a coaching or a mentoring role for the for the younger. I mean, look 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 at his relationship with Alfie. Alfie, yeah. Um, and it's you know it, it's so heartwarming to see. But you look at there there are, there are little bits that Alfie's game that he's added, and I can I can see Defoe tw- 15, 20 years ago doing that kind of thing. So you know what what he does rubs off on people. Not that what he does he can teach because. In the same way as Arnie McCoy, he's a good striker. He's a good striker. Yeah, that 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 um that that those street smarts, that that little bit of savvy, you can't teach it. You've either got it or you haven't. But he's a, he's a fantastic pro. Um, he's so well respected throughout the well down here, especially because of the, of the thing with the, with 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 the wee laddie at Sunderland. Yeah. Um, he's 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 such a good geezer. He's a positive influence around everybody at the club and. Ideally, you'd have a young Scottish striker in the B team coming through, challenging Defoe for that place on the bench. But we haven't got that. And until we get that, I'd be keeping Defoe because we aren't going to get anybody better in terms of stature, in terms of what he can offer on the pitch, which, let's be right, is the most important thing in terms of his presence and his standing. And hopefully, when that young Scottish striker in the B team does start to appear in the next 6, 12, 18 months, he's going to have someone like Jermaine Defoe there to watch to learn from, to pick up whatever he can from, to base his game on, to base the way he lives his life on. So, mate, I, I, I would keep Jermaine Defoe, and the same goes for McGregor and Stephen Davis. I would keep them at Rangers until, one, they can no longer contribute on the pitch for us, or two, we've got a better option coming through. Now, the manager spoke afterwards about the appeal that Rangers have lodged against the the, the bands that were handed out to the five players who were charged over a, a recent COVID breach. And of course, those players, Nathan Patterson, Calvin Bassey, both both featured yesterday, Bongani Zungu, uh, Woodhove, and then two, two youngsters in Brian Kinnear and Dapo and Beauty. Um, and when he was asked about it, he, he said... He spoke a little bit, and the thing that got picked up was he he said that Nathan Patterson is such a talented player, he's going to play for Scotland, and he's facing this long ban. And I think people took it to mean that the appeal was based on, but he's really good, which of course you can't appeal on. But um, it what he did add to it, although it wasn't really highlighted as much. What he said, we just feel that the circumstances are different to previous incidents. He said, I I think that people assumed because of what happened to Edmondson and Jones that it would be a long ban but the circumstances of the incident are totally different and to be fair the club kind of backed that up in a way in that they didn't challenge the ban handed to Edmondson and Jones and of course they're currently both out and loan and I don't think we'll play for Rangers again that clearly hasn't been the case with the the, the players involved here Um, we'll need to wait and see with it what's your take on that Tess? Um, I mean, obviously now isn't the time for discussing what we believe they've done and what the circumstances were, although we've all heard things from people who may or may not have a good idea about this kind of stuff. I, you know, I don't think that, unless a club come out and say something, I don't think it's right to discuss. But my knowledge of what went on is that it was completely different to what happened with, with Edmondson and Jones. So... 
when when it first came through that we're appealing, I thought Rangers, you cheeky so and sos. But then when I think about it, no, that is right because you are having young lads not having their careers destroyed, but you are a young lads get punished for something which, whilst was against the rules, wasn't really. I won't say serious. That's the wrong word to say. What whilst it was against the rules, it, it wasn't really as big an error of judgment as others have done. I think that's probably the best way of putting it. Yeah, I um, I don't. I don't believe that these five should be facing a longer ban than Bolingoli got, and that's what that that has happened. Now there is a difference to me between a few young lads getting together and the they, they live in the same building, you know, there wasn't travel involved, um, and playing board games, then jetting off to friggin' Spain overnight. I don't, I I, I can't see how that's justice. No, mate. It's well, you, you've got to have let the cat out of the bag. But yeah, that's that, that that's similar to what I did as well. So just Genu- look, see if they'd been to a party. See if they'd been doing, and we all know that's what Jones and Edmondson had done. See if it'd been a party, then there's a fair chance that these guys wouldn't be playing for Rangers again. It yeah. wasn't that. Yeah, it's it it's that. it's yeah, it's it's diff, different different levels, mate. Um, the I mean, we spoke before how I believe strongly Patterson should be Scotland's right back. Uh, if that if that ban goes ahead, then that's not going to happen this summer, which would be a tragedy, um, and it may well affect his international prospects in the future, which would be an even bigger tragedy. So yeah, you, you, you've got to, you've got to judge it all on its individual merits. Um, that they would get a longer ban than others for what they've done is again completely wrong. Um, like I say at the time I thought Reigns were a bit cheeky peeing it but when it's like anything when you sit down when you look at the cold hard facts and consider it properly you think yeah you know what Reigns is doing probably is right and the media and you know Scottish football Twitter are going to say what they want to say about it but the bottom line is is that these these young players don't deserve to have their careers tarnished um, to the level they are being done based on the level of the offence that was committed so I think Reigns are right to appeal it mate and if you know, if the full truth comes out in the press and the fullness of time, then so be it. But again, I think based on what we both know um, of the incidents themselves, that the appeal is the right thing to do. Also, from a cynical point of view, the 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 thing that used to happen was if you appealed and lost, then the ban would get um, extended. That no longer is the case. So there's never any harm in appealing. And I think that Rangers have, proven by their actions a season that they won't do it flippantly because with Jones and Edmondson the club said no you are absolutely guilty of a serious breach um, and there's no way we can go in and argue that for you and they've also done it with the Alfie um, incident at Easter Road where the manager said that there is no case you know we can't appeal that because what they said happened happened so I don't think Rangers use the appeal system flippantly um, and I think they've proven that and I think you know your actions speak louder than words so we'll see what happens with it now of course the draw was made for the next two rounds of the Scottish Cup and uh, a rather interesting tie came out the Hart Rangers will take on Celtic in a fortnight uh, I broke not have the exact date for it yet it'll be on Premier Sports uh, if you want to know what Stephen Gerrard has done for Rangers apart from this, you might have heard this test but we won the league last month um, yes, so that yeah. had brought to my attention, yes. Yeah, last month. Um, but the draw comes out, Rangers to take on Celtic, and the instant reaction from Rangers fans is, yes, bring them on. Whereas the instant reaction from Celtic fans was either, ah, or 
Uh, well, oh, you know, we're due one against. Uh, do it for Bruni. Get Howe in immediately, you know, trying to talk themselves up for it. Now, of course, an old farm game can go either way. I, I, we absolutely understand that. But the belief and the confidence is 180 from where we were three years ago. It's going to be an interesting one. Um, I think that, well, we, we know that their season hinges entirely, entirely on the Scottish Cup now. Um, and had we not played as we did yesterday, I'm not going to say I'd be worried going into an old firm because nowadays I'm just not at all. We are so much better than them. It's unbelievable. And, you know, even last season and the year before when they won the league, we were better than them in the old firm because Gerard knew what he was doing. So I'm not worried at all. Obviously on match day you get the jitters because that's natural, but I'm not worried at all. But had we not played as we did yesterday, I'd have been thinking, well, oh, maybe Celtic are going to take it a bit more serious than us. No, nope. Every single player in that Rangers side and that Rangers squad knows that now it's about the Scottish Cup. And I think the fact that we can end Celtic season in the middle of April is a real... Not that they should need an incentive going into an old firm. Not that they should need an incentive going into a match against your, your biggest rivals for a trophy but that we can completely end their season and any momentum they're starting to get under John Kennedy, we can just completely wipe that out and, you know, we met them go even more rapid than they already are. Mate, I, th- I think that, that, that that's that, that's motivation enough. So I'm really excited about it now. I, th- I think I think we're going to beat them 3 or 4 nil. I really do. I think Rangers are going to turn up that day with their absolute A game. It's like they've, they've come back after the, we've, we've come back after the international break and said, right, we've got a little mini season now. Top of that is winning the um, winning the cup. Second to that is probably going to be 100 points. Third is going to be the season unbeaten. Obviously, two and three are interchangeable. And I think that the way they went about the business, yeah, especially the first half and the second half are completely different, but they both firm with, with the same excitement. The first half, they went out and did the business. The second half, they went out and never did anything silly. Just, just exerted pure control, pure dominance. So... Based on that, mate, I think in a couple of weeks' time, I think we're going to absolutely threat. We're going to give them the thrashing in two weeks that we should have given them at Parkhead two weeks ago. So I'm um, the only thing I'm not excited about is trying to organise a venue for the Derby Law to watch it, which yeah. is once again four four on me to do. But it's a labour of love, and I do it gladly. But no, that the match itself, mate, I'm, I'm really really excited about. One of the things that always impresses me about this Rangers team is that they hate Celtic, and I know that that might sound. Uh, a little bit parochial or whatever, but if you, I, I think we all felt going into these games that, that they really hated us, their team, and they wanted to go out and rub our nose in the dark, and they really wanted to, to go out and boss us, and you could see it, you could see it in attitude, and our players were too nice, too weak. I don't think that's the case now, I think it's the other way around, and I think that there is a disdain from our lads, and they will want to go out, and as you say, they will be thinking we'll end their season here, um, and you need that. You think of the great Rangers teams of the past, and and to put it in context, I remember the advocate side that fell apart when Celtic had a side that was full of players like that because they just they were too nice. They just didn't really have the ability to 
to match that intensity, whereas I don't feel that at all with this with this current Rangers squad. One person who won't be at that match is Michael Stewart. Uh, he's contracted to do every Premier Sports match. However, he wasn't allowed in to the stadium yesterday to cover the Rangers match, and he won't be allowed in for the Premier League. Uh, sorry for the Premier Sports coverage of the next. Uh, Scottish Cup tie at Ibrox, or in fact any Scottish Cup tie at Ibrox. This is due in part to his comments uh, after the racial abuse suffered by Glenn Kamara, uh, in which he said he cast doubt on Glenn Kamara's claims uh, of racial abuse, and in fact was pulled up for it by none other than Rio and Anton Ferdinand, who both spoke uh, against him, and, and to Michael Stewart fashion, he issued a statement last week where he accused them of not having read the the story fully um, rather than just coming out and saying do you know what I got that wrong um, Tess you, you back Rangers on this or is it maybe too harsh and maybe something that they shouldn't have done um, Rangers felt that it, in terms of backing Glenn Kamara it would have been a, a backward step had they allowed Michael Stewart's challenge, uh, comments to go unchallenged what people like Michael Stewart have got to realise is that the word, the the way he reacted to the abuse that Kamara suffered, to people like me, that's why we feel guilty sometimes about mentioning it because it makes you doubt yourself. Um, when you're not believed, this this goes for any any victim of any crime, really. You know, there's a lot of women who have things done and don't get believed, and you know, and any 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 vulnerable people who don't get believed by the powerful in society, it, it's horrible. Um, so, Mark, Michael Stewart, there have been incidents in my own life where, then this is going back to when I was at primary school, and that don't get me wrong, but there have been incidents of racism in my own life where I haven't been believed, and you know, it's very hurtful, and then you take the law into your own hands, and you're the one who gets into trouble. And the whole system's completely flawed. So that Rangers have taken the stance against Michael Stewart. I applaud them. Um, I think that his employers should be looking at whether they want to continue his contract because ra- racism isn't just calling somebody a name. You know, it's not just saying a nasty word to somebody or whatever. It's, you know, there's a whole, there's a whole thing of systemic institutional racism. And attitudes like Michael Stewart's are absolutely typical of that because I'm sure that in a way he thought he was being well-meaning. Um, no, I'm not. And he knew exactly what he was doing. Let's be right. He's trying to stir up controversy. He doesn't care how he did it. It's backfired on him because two of the most high-profile uh, mixed-race footballers of the last 20-odd years in England, and in Rio Ferdinand's case, one of the best defenders of the last 20 years in the world, mm. have come out and rightly pulled him up for it. Rangers, as they've shown throughout this I don't even want to call it a saga because that, that sort of adds romanticism to it. Rangers have they shown throughout the um, the events of the past three weeks of what again acted correctly. They've 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 done exactly what I would have wanted them to do. You know I can't say how proud I am of my football club for the way that they've supported the players and the way that they've been standing up to this kind of nonsense. So personally, mate, I wouldn't, I'd, I'd have, I wouldn't have Michael Stewart anywhere near Ibrox again. That might sound a wee bit extreme, but you've got to send a message to these people. Um, if I was his employer, I'd, I'd be seriously considering the, um, the, the, the length of his contract. And if it's up for renewal, do we want to renew it? And if I was sponsors, I wouldn't want anything to do with somebody like that. 
who's gaslighting people's legitimate fears and further grinding people into the ground. You know, and I'm 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 glad that finally that, that there've been incidents in the past where Michael Stewart has said things that are, you know, very close to the bone. So sort of when when there was the crush at Killy on the first day of the yeah, season, that's right, that's that, right. you know, not believing the Rangers fans and a support a support base with our history of such incidents, we're not going to make that kind of stuff up, mate. So that was disgusting. Um, there was Alfie getting racially abused. Um, I think it was October 2019, round about that period, That's and right. he came out and says, "Well, no, I've not heard anything." And now he's done it again. These aren't coincidences. That is a kind of person he is. That is a kind of man he is. And you know, if I was his employer, I, I wouldn't want him to be getting. I, I, I wouldn't want to be associated with him. He, he, he tarnishes the brand, and you know, like I say, I'm, I'm proud of the way that Rangers as, as a support. Because I think that that that's worth mentioning as well as a support and as a club. I'm proud of the way we've reacted in the past few weeks, and excluding Marcus Suit from Ibrox is just another part of that. So fair play to them for having the balls and and standing up against this kind of ridiculousness. See, here's the thing: his his comments to to go back what we said we can't be sure that that this happened. No, you're right because as in with most crimes, unless we have a video and all the audio then you're right. But that isn't how our justice system works. What our justice system does is it takes all the evidence that we do have and on the basis of probability makes an assessment. And certainly when you're not even in a court of law and it's just your own opinion, you can do that. So straight away, reaction. A witness in Bongani Zungu who reacts instantly as well and says the same thing. So unless him and Glenn Kamara can communicate telepathically, then... There was no way for Bungani Zungu to know what had been said unless he'd heard it. Um, then you see the reaction from Rangers. Then you see the reaction from Slavia, incidentally, um, which I think has just basically confirmed his guilt. Uh, you, you go on the basis of probability, and clearly that was not an issue unless he chose to do it. And by giving it equal airtime, which he did, then it was denigrating someone. And when he gets pulled up by it by people who have suffered it and have a far more direct relationship with it, Rather than just accept that he was wrong, he doubled down. So no, I agree totally with you. Um, it just it would have been for me inconsistent from Rangers if they hadn't done it because then they they have been great in terms of what they've done and they have backed uh, Glen Kamara fully. Had they then done you know allowed that, then that would have been inconsistent with the approach that they've taken. But um yeah hopefully he learns a lesson i doubt he will right james thank you so much for joining me today on today's show it has been excellent to hear from you as always uh where can people hear more from the derby loyal we are on twitter and instagram as at ted mcmin loyal uh, that, that's, on, that's on both sites Things have been a bit quiet recently because there have been no games to go to, no pubs to watch them in. But now that England's starting to open up again, uh, we'll, we'll be having a few announcements in the coming weeks about where to watch the games for the rest of the season. Uh, the, 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 the Trophy Day celebrations for those who aren't making the pilgrimage north of the border, if we're allowed to, obviously. And also for the for the final old firm of the season in May. So, yeah, uh, at Sedmutman Loyal on Instagram and Twitter. 
Brilliant. Thank you so much to our executive producers in London, Mike Lee and Paul Myers. If you want to hear more from myself, Tess and various other podders, a lot of people involved over at our Patreon, go to patreon.com forward slash heart and hand from just one ninety nine per month. You'll be able to listen to up to five shows every single day. We've got Rangers covered. Right, that'll do me for today. I'll be back here next week. So until then, have a wonderful week. Stay safe. Take care. Bye bye. Podcast Network.